one thing that we're really trying to do is to try and see how effective it is to deploy a robot that's marketed to be intuitive out to these sites who have little or no knowledge about using it and to see how open-minded they are and how willing they are to learn about the robots. I would like to, to encourage users or BP users to approach Sophia and I to get in, in the waiting list for the next challenge or the next challenges. Did you know that BP has an internal robotics competition? In this episode, I talked to Sophia Lin and Sylvia Vargas about the autonomous operation team's deployment of robots in BP and our internal competition. BP regions are encouraged to enroll in the next competition. Applications launch July 14th, 2021. My name is Silvia Vargas. I am working in the intelligent operations team as part of the automated operations specialist. That is my role. I have a background in corrosion engineering and corrosion science, and currently I'm product owner of the robotics that is related to painting, inspection, and basically external corrosion. Okay, and intelligent operations, what, what exactly is that by definition? Intelligent operations is the entity in BP that is trying to embrace and promote the culture of applying robotics to solutions in the business where we can be more effective and help operators to better use their time. I am Sophia Lin and I am in operations automation and I graduated last year in 2020 with a degree in chemical engineering. So I'm newer to the company and have been just working on robotics since then. Like, first of all, what is the project that we're talking about and where does it fit in terms of BP's strategic future? What we're trying to do, the overall mission of this project is to help develop and foster a mindset where robots are part of our operational lives. We decided to try and deploy a couple of intuitive crawlers out to testing sites to help them to integrate robots into their more essential operations. We have three primary aims, and that is to help the testing sites do tasks more efficiently and safely, and to help them do tasks that weren't previously possible without contractors, and to help them to understand how to deploy robots to facilities and what issues might come up. So we just basically want to use robots to help gather more information and to eventually be able to use analytics. So this is kind of like a stepping stone to be able to integrate robots into BP. This challenge more specifically is a competition where we deploy robots to six testing sites and evaluate them monthly and judges will score them and come up with a winner. So it's a fun way to have an opportunity to use robots. During this competition, we also get the opportunity to learn from the users in better ways we could improve or further develop the robot. Another interesting part of this is that some competitors find out a way to link our robots with 3D printing. For instance, it's a painting robot. They 3D printed the components for holding the can that was having the paint. What was the most interesting and what was the most boring things you've seen? For me, the most interesting use case was trading and shipping. 3D printed a holder to hold a spray can, and they used it to do some fabric maintenance on their ship. So I thought that was pretty cool. Technically, they removed a lot of the safety constraints. They eliminated drop access for people because the robot could just crawl upwards. You didn't need an operator to, to be 
attached to a rope and trying to do the work. So from the safety perspective, that's outstanding. In parallel, that eliminates also the need for having a standby rescue crew, which is always required when we are conducting these type of paintings in vertical structures. So like right now, in terms of like fully roboticizing and, and intelligent automation of that process, where is the company at? In our team, we now have a smart boat for surface preparation that it cleans the surface to NASA standards so that the surface is ready for painting and is also clean from any ions. Prior to the robotic challenge, uh, say 2018, the facilities technology team did a lot of trialing of these available robots for surface preparation. So next steps with the robotics challenge, is, that a, is this a one-off thing or is this potentially a recurring thing that you expect to have every year? We are planning to start another challenge and get six new testing sites to be able to see what else they can come up with and work with the testing sites and with our vendor to suit BP's use cases. And we want to overall just decrease all of the HSC risks that happen across all of our central operations. So this is a way to just get robots out there to people to be able to decrease all the safety risks out there. Did you look at some of the use cases or some of the successes and failures and think there's an opportunity there that might be a lot bigger than this competition, but we should maybe add this to our roadmap? I do agree that they do kind of help us get a better understanding of robots, not only how they are helpful on the sites, but also the issues that can come up with the robot deployment, such as like, you know, Wi-Fi connectivity and stuff like that. And we use those learnings and apply them to other projects. As part of the roadmap, it's important for us to understand the, st the state of the art in robotics. We still have to be conscious that we live in a world where Newtonian physics rules. So having robots that are flying everywhere, are doing everything that we have is possible in the long term. But in the near term, we also need to understand what is the most efficient and practical solution out there. What did you learn from the competition? One of the things that for me wasn't that evident was the weight of the robots and how difficult it is for them to do detailed work. Human hands can go everywhere and we are flexible and kind of go with care and do minute things, very little things. Robotics at the moment are not as detailed for at least fabric maintenance. For instance, when we have to address edges or corners or um, welding. The robots still have a little bit of problem right there. The challenge allow us to point that out to the providers and we are working with development team to assist those details and find solutions that could be combined robotic solutions, maybe a robot for the bigger area and small robot for the detail or different accessories for the robots. In sci-fi, robots can do anything, but in the real world, there's these tiny little things that can stymie it. And also uh, the sci-fi movies, their timeline is not realistic, but we do have in our roadmap very strict timelines as well. And I'm assuming that you get multiple people buying for only a few of those robots. How do you actually select the winner? The biggest thing that we're looking at right now is how we can find use cases to increase the value of what the testing sites are doing and decrease the safety risks. 
When we pick our six sites, we look at how novel their ideas are and how innovative their ideas are. And we try to pick six different sites with different kinds of applications and potential for different kinds of use cases so that we can get a deeper understanding of these robots' capabilities. When judging the monthly winners, we also look at this as well as how much value they provide and how scalable their use cases are and how novel their use cases are. People are intimidated by the robotics because they will replace humans, they will replace our, my job, etc. In the challenge, we observe that humans are not going to disappear from the picture because their robots require a lot of attention, believe it or not. There is a lot of maintenance associated with them. There is a lot of telecommunications going where there are always requirements for people to operate the software or the computer that is controlling such a robot. It's better to present it as an opportunity for transition. And I can present my case. I, I am a corrosion scientist. I have a advanced degrees and PhD in, co in corrosion science and masters and all that. And I never thought I would be working with robotics. I just happened to be placed, um, thankfully, to the reorganization. And because I was doing some other work in the transition of the reinvention, I, I started working with data scientists, communities, and things like that. And I, um, you could say I could be intimidated because my day-to-day -day job or a day-to-day -day job of a corrosion engineer looking at data and processing data could be displaced by a data scientist, but I quickly learned that the more I understand the data science, the more I can contribute to first better apply it, and second, uh, to, to demonstrate others that this SME or the expert, expert knowledge or instinct, whatever you, or wisdom, whatever you want to call it, will be required. We eventually want to reach a point where robots are a little, are intuitive to use, where you don't require the complex training. It's kind of a mission to normalize these robots, especially the ones that are simpler to use and be able to support the operation so that I think anyone can feel like they're included in this mission to be able to make things more digital in the company and to hopefully, you know, still be involved in their jobs and have the capabilities themselves to be able to use the robots to support their jobs. Thank you for listening today. Take a look at our digital and technology career opportunities at bp.com forward slash careers.